Hello and welcome to Slim Radio News. I'm Nora and today I'm here with Julia. Hello. And this is Julia's first time on the airwaves. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. Thank you, new girl. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. The weather is insane. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm actually so hot in here. <laughs> like, I'm sweating. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so, Julia, were you at the little Vondel Park Festival? Vondelcella, as they call it. <laughs> no, I wasn't, but I've seen pictures and it looks crazy yeah i know it's insane i just saw the pictures of um like the aftermath like all the cans on the ground yeah free publicity for albert hein because all the plastic bags were everywhere <gasps> oh my god that's so true yeah, yeah maybe they were behind that like pulling some strings <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. the press you want but no <laughs> press you get all uh, press is good press yeah um so we actually have a lot to talk about this week um i'm going to begin and i'm sure a few of you have seen these pictures of the cocaine that was seized by the Dutch police. And it's ginormous, this huge haul of cocaine, a whopping 23 tons altogether of cocaine was found. And they were found in different ports. So one of them was found in the port of Hamburg and then the other one in Antwerp. But but they both had the same address to a guy in the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like it was destined for um, Rotterdam. And they seized it in Rotterdam? Uh, no, in Antwerp and then also in Hamburg. Uh, but so altogether, it's 23 tons. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is crazy. It has um, a street value of uh, the figures like are different, but they say about like roughly 516 million. Wow. Yeah. And it's actually interesting because like looking through the news over the past few weeks, this seems to be common in the last few weeks. And I'm not sure if it's like maybe the police uh, in Europe are just getting better at finding drugs or if there's like... I don't know, maybe the cocaine market is booming because also in Ireland a few weeks ago, there was this huge haul of cocaine and cannabis. Yeah, so I was looking into it and uh, Europe is slowly becoming the like new kind of market for cocaine, <laughs> which sounds funny, but it makes sense because in like it's all made in South America because, you know, the cocoa plant where right, cocaine right. comes from. It's weird to think that it's plant, isn't it? I know. And then it, it looks so out. like synthetic. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So it like traditionally it would all like, you know, like in Narcos, it would all be shipped to the US. Mm. But now everything is kind of being shipped to Europe, which makes sense because of Europe's like trading abilities, like everything like goes to Europe and comes out of Europe. Yeah. Do you think that um, the drugs have risen in popularity in Europe or do you think it's not related that suddenly everything is coming to Europe? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily... risen in popularity because I feel like people have been doing drugs in Europe for years really but I think it's just more that the drug market is becoming more sophisticated and smarter Mm. like if you actually look at how this cocaine was found I mean in a way you kind of have to applaud like their thinking because um in one of the shipments like it was in you know the huge uh, cargo containers yeah because the thing is uh because of the pandemic there's less air travel so I think beforehand more drugs might have been transferred through planes but now they're kind of having to rely on the sea. Oh. So what they did was, um, for one of them, it was found among a load of wood. This was the one in Antwerp, uh, like wood um, squid. And it was coming from Panama squid? in Central America. Like dead squid. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they put, um, they're able to put the cocaine. There's like this other layer on the ground, essentially, of um, the box. And then they put the cocaine like under the ground. Wow, so they're getting creative with yeah, it. Yeah, they're getting very, very creative. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But there's this thing, I was um, looking at this interview of this guy 
who he like works he's like basically this like he studies like global drug trafficking and he says like if you go into a supermarket and you see bananas on the shelves you know that there's cocaine in the country oh my god <laughs> because it's all coming from southern america i'm buying yeah. bananas am i contributing <laughs> no yeah yeah it's nuts yeah and i don't know it's actually interesting because like the netherlands is um like the cocaine is like one of the biggest drugs that people consume here which I, I don't know like the whole cocaine industry is of course like extremely corrupt because like you buy it for like 25 to 50 euro like on the street but the people that are actually making it or most of the time being forced to make it in south america earn like 50 cents so much money involved and they, know. they never get it it's yeah know. yeah it's horrible and also like often the people below are the ones that end up in jail yeah, yeah yeah and actually when you mentioned that this is starting in europe more yeah i think in the states because of the pandemic actually a lot of americans with dual citizenship to oh, latin countries yeah have actually started getting involved because they lost their jobs they have no income and they have kids to feed yeah And so there was this one woman who was driving from the American border to Mexico, yeah. taking drugs and bringing them in. And she has both American citizenship and Mexican oh, citizenship. Oh my God, yeah. And, you know, it's... it's Yeah, because they're just the people that they would target also. Right. And yeah. so now she's in this and she can't just return to a normal life. She has this ongoing stress of getting caught by the American authorities. Oh, yeah. And she, if she stops obeying the drug traffickers, what will happen to her? Yeah, it's horrible. It's like you're walking on this thin line between yeah. like being arrested or just being like hounded by these gangs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And it's not like like once you get into drug trafficking, it's not like it's easy to just become like a teacher yeah, or something or like work in an office. Go into the office, start filing taxes. Yeah, yeah, of no. course. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, but actually, fun fact, guys. <laughs> I found out that during World War One, when the Netherlands was actually neutral, they were the biggest production of cocaine. Did they the, sold it to soldiers to keep them like pepped up. So they coke them out. Yeah, yeah, for the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they must have made like loads of money. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so that's that was effective. their contribution. I guess. I yeah. Mean, it makes you aggressive sometimes, right? No, no, it definitely does. Gives yeah. you like loads of confidence. I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was their um, contribution. <laughs> wow. Go Netherlands, I Go guess. Go Netherlands, exactly. Yeah, and moving on to another story that has been discussed a lot, also quite unusual. Like, there are a lot of questions about this. Um, It's the Italian ambassador that was killed in a Congo attack. Yeah, that was tragic. Yeah, yeah. So his name was uh, Luca... Ate, I'm going to say this wrong. Luca Ateniso. Atenasio? Atenasio. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. 43, and he was shot... Um, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Right. So he was the ambassador to the Italian embassy there. Yeah. And I believe that he was going on a trip with a UN convoy for the World Food Program. Yeah. So he was visiting a school to understand and see how kids are receiving aid. Okay, okay, yeah. And on his way there, him, his driver, and his bodyguard were stopped. Um, they were traveling, I believe, from Goma to yeah. the town of Rutshuru. And... They were stopped by what is believed to be the FLDR, which is the Rwandan Hutu rebel militia. Oh, right. Okay, okay. And, and they just started shooting? And they, they didn't shoot at them. The, their intent wasn't initially, I don't think, to kill them. Yeah. It was um, sort of as warning shots. Oh, But okay. these warning shots were heard uh -huh. by the Congolese army and some park rangers nearby. Yeah. And the rebel militia took the ambassador, the bodyguard, and the driver into the bush. Yeah. I'm assuming as some sort of hostage situation. Yeah, of course. That would make more sense than killing them immediately, right? Right. Yeah, What, what's yeah. the point of that? 
And then uh, a gunfire battle ensued. And in the midst of all this chaos, the ambassador was shot twice in the stomach. Jesus. The bodyguard was killed. And the driver was actually killed by the militia in the beginning. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so strange. Like, do you know, like, what would the reasons be behind the Hutu militia, like, wanting to kill them? Do you think, like, it, like you said, it was that they originally were, like, planning on kidnapping them? I, I believe so, because I think it could be some sort of financial gain. I don't think they have anything out for Italy. Yeah, yeah, But because course. they know he's such a high-profile member of the diplomatic community, yeah. you can use him as leverage. So um, in Mozambique in 2009, I lived there. Yeah. And the deputy chief of mission to the U.S. embassy, which is one level below the ambassador. Wow. Okay. Him and his wife were held at gunpoint. His wife was pregnant and they held a gun to her stomach. Oh, my God. And they had no... These were just petty criminals. They wanted the car. Yeah. Right. So it could have easily ended in them killing them because they had no motive other yeah than of course of course monetary yeah. value but this is different this yeah. i think had political motivations behind it okay or yeah monetary mo motivations. yeah like it does make sense in terms of if they want someone to hold a ransom on right. like you're gonna do it to someone with a lot of political power right you know like because italy is a country with like you know they have money they would be able to pay or something uh, pay for someone like that that's someone that's such a high profile person exactly yeah and you hear an ambassador's in your region yeah this is the perfect opportunity maybe if he was even from the latin americas it wouldn't matter mm. it's an ambassador you know of you can course. do so much with that yeah yeah and they denied the attack they did they, they did, they, yeah. did. They, they blamed it actually i believe it was on here where i think it was they blamed it on the congolese army Oh, yes. Okay. So right now there's an investigation underway. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're not clearly attributing it to any one group. Yeah. Their suspicions are that it is this Rwandan Hutu militia because yeah. they were speaking the language. Yeah. Um, it says here. Yeah, I mean, that's like a big giveaway. <laughs> yeah, Kenya, Rwanda. Oh, okay. Which is spoken by the Rwandans. Yeah, so of they course. Assume but I guess the thing is... I. I mean, I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but with the with those like militias, because they're not like, you know, they're not professionally organized, there could be, I'd say, loads of different types of Rwandan militias, you know what right. I mean? Like they could be fighting with each other. So like maybe the people that denied it are even part of a different group. Exactly. And yeah. it's such a hotbed of violent activity. You don't know who's who's there, who's, yeah, who's going yeah, where. Yeah. Um, there a lot of there's a huge UN peacekeeping presence there. Mm. So it, it's 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 a volatile region. Yeah, of course. Wow. Oh, God. OK. And then moving on, we're going to talk about va um, vaccines as political leverage. Yes. <laughs> this is super interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the vaccines are being used as diplomatic relations right yeah. now. And a big one is Israel. Yes. Isn't it? Because Israel, we actually talked about Israel a few times on this podcast in regards to vaccines because they're one of the quickest countries rolling it out. They're still rolling it out um, like rapidly. And then, of course, there was a controversy with Israel at the beginning, not giving the vaccines to Palestine. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So Israel has been on top of it. They've vaccinated, I believe it's two million out of nine million people. Wow. They have a population of nine million and, and they're vaccinating people in our age range right now. Oh, if you're God, 20 years so old, jealous. you can just go and get vaccinated. Oh, my God. Um, OK. <laughs> so they have a really, really amazing healthcare system, but they were under fire by the international community 
because of um, trying to delegate. Well, who takes the responsibility for Palestine? Is this yes? Because Israel's problem is this. Is Palestine? it Palestine's problem because they were maintaining that like Palestine had to be responsible for their own healthcare? Yes. Oh right. Okay, Under the okay. Oslo Accords. Yes. Yeah. But was that not also an issue because like wouldn't aren't there some like workers and everything that would be traveling from the Palestine region right into so Israel? There's a yeah. whole controversy because uh-huh. Palestinians travel into Israel, so they are vaccinating Palestinians with Israeli citizenship. Oh, okay. And in the East Jerusalem territories, which is under Israel's control. Yeah. But the areas in the Gaza and the West Bank, which is not under Israel but under the Palestinian authorities. Yeah. There, there's that where that's where that controversy is stemming yes, from. Yes. Okay. Okay. And now, what is Israel trying to do in terms of, like, are they trying to? They're trying to like basically boost their political reputation by offering vaccines to other countries. Yes. Yeah, so Israel, among other countries, Russia's doing this. India's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Western powers are trying to do this, but we're so behind within administering vaccines to our own. like before trying to give it to someone else right so so there's so many examples of this and we'll go into this briefly but for example israel um there's this whole controversy with where the embassy should be so Mm -hmm. the embassies in jerusalem which israel recognizes as its capital yeah whereas that's contested by you know the world yeah and And then is it also seen as tel aviv then from some other places right so originally for example the u.s embassy is in tel aviv yeah but in 2018 they moved the embassy to jerusalem as sort of a symbolic movement so they didn't physically move all the workers to jerusalem they exchanged (laughs) the sign that said tel aviv embassy put it on the consulate in jerusalem took consulate put it on the tel aviv original embassy right so they just like switched the signs it was symbolic but it was symbolic and it's and it's it's a big deal because the u.s said okay this is the capital okay um and so a lot of countries are following suit so recently the czech republic and honduras both said that they would move their embassies to jerusalem right okay and because of that netanyahu the prime minister is assumed that's part of the reasoning as to why he's sending vaccines or planning to send vaccines to these countries so the czech republic received a small dosage recently right so wait did he send the vaccines before they said that they would move their embassy? After. Oh, after. after. Oh, so was it almost like a con- like congratulating? I, them, I believe so. I think so. Because in, in December, they, they said this, that they would move. The Czech Republic said that they would move oh, their embassy. Oh, that makes right. sense. Okay, so do you think now other countries will follow suit and they'll be like, well, we want their vaccines? Honestly, I don't know. Because actually, as of 12 hours ago, Israel froze these plans to send these vaccines because of the scrutiny. Oh, right. Um, okay, okay. Right. And, and, and look, then... In regards to other countries, are many also like following suit with this? Absolutely. India yeah. is actually really ahead of the game. So they mm-hmm. actually administer, they sent out millions of vaccines to Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bangladesh, Myanmar mm-hmm. to try to um, win the race against China. So China promised 300,000 vaccines to Myanmar. Yeah. But India actually sent out 1.7 million and actually delivered them, whereas China's vaccines Whoa. never arrived. Russia's doing the same with Ukraine, uh-huh. with um, with... Where is it? Not Ukraine. I'm sorry. I take that back. No, Ukraine doesn't want their vaccine. <laughs> okay. They wanted it from China. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Right. But Russia has sent it to, they got an order from the African Union to send vaccines. Oh, okay. And do you think that like, because I remember like we were talking about this earlier, how there's this Africa is beginning to almost be influenced by China now rather than Europe in terms of like, even in terms of business, in terms of more goods being exported from China to African countries. So do you think like by China sending vaccines over there, they're also trying to like establish this bridge? I think so, because China's having an increasingly strong hold on 
the African nations. Mm -hmm. For example, in Namibia, um, a lot of their investments come from China. A lot of their infrastructure is built by the yeah, Chinese. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. The Ethiopian railway is being funded by the Chinese government. So, just adding these vaccines, it's I, I guess it's sort of indebting the African nations to China in a way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm not sure because, in a way. At the end of the day, it's like, well, more people are getting vaccines that need vaccines, exactly. especially poorer countries. Like, I mean, maybe like if it wasn't for all of that, like diplomacy that they're trying to build, they wouldn't be getting any vaccines. So yeah. in that sense, I guess it is good. Yeah. However, it is there is something a little bit like almost not malicious, but it's like it's all for political intent. It's a bit off putting. Yeah, it is a bit off putting. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, if people are getting vaccinated, for now, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess we can't complain. Yeah, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out, like maybe even in five years' time. Absolutely. To see if people are will be like, oh, well, you know, you guys gave us vaccines a few yeah. years ago, so it's we'll a do fine this for line. you. Yes, exactly. But I guess the good news is there is COVAX, oh. which is not politically motivated. So their whole shtick is that they're giving away vaccines um, without any like political intent to countries that actually need them. So far, Ghana has received the most vaccines from COVAX. And, and who is COVAX uh, funded by, sponsored by? COVAX is funded by um, the WHO. Ah, okay. The World Health Organization, right? Yes. Well, mm. it's um, WHO and well, UNICEF also. Oh, okay. Yeah, wait. Oh, yeah, sorry. WHO and UNICEF. Yeah. And their plan is to give out 2 billion. 2 billion? This by year. when? This year? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. it's not, It could happen, but it's like... At the same time, though, like Ghana is the only country that's received a lot of them. Yeah, it's a lot of talk until it actually happens, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but we'll see how that pans out, you know. And but you know, I feel like at the same time, like vaccines, it's also something that it's almost being made up like as we go along. Mm -hmm. Like you never know. It could happen that maybe one vaccine is like, let's hope not, but faulty or something. Oh, and no. then we'll have to like start all this again. I mean, that's unlikely. Yeah, but it's just interesting to see what this means for the future of diplomatic relations because mm -hmm. I think COVID with climate change, I think this is just the first pandemic. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but I just I really think I don't yeah. have a great outlook on this. And I think that over time, things like oil, which are so important in our society, might take might be put on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. Like vaccines could become the new oil. But, right. Yeah. Right. But then hopefully maybe as the years go on, there could be some more laws in order about like which countries get vaccines and who they can get it from. Right. It's yeah. Just, it's so unregulated right now. That yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like a big race. It's a big balagan or mess. big race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think, uh, yeah, we'll leave it there for today. Yeah. 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 So God, it's such a sunny day today. Yeah. We should get <laughs> some lunch or something. Yes, like definitely. I don't know if like the Vondel Park kind of, Vibes will continue. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get colder this weekend, but while the sun's out. Yeah, stay safe out there. Out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, goodbye.